All right, let's put this one to bed. Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson fit. That's what we're talking about in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's do this. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday, first show of the week. And quick note before we dive into anything else for today's show, I'm going to give you a show today. There's going to be a show tomorrow. I don't know when the next episode will be. I'm traveling back to New Orleans Finally, really looking forward to being back, but I don't know the internet situation back at my house there yet, so it might depend on that a little bit. But at least two episodes, hopefully three, maybe more, who knows, Um, but we'll try and just do our best here. So the background, if you're watching on YouTube, is going to be different. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. The audio should be soon, hopefully a little bit better than what it's been. Um, So thank you all for bearing with me throughout these past two and a half weeks after Hurricane Ida. So in today's show, I wanted to come in kind of hot for the first episode of this week to put something to bed. The season's kind of starting in two weeks, in a sense. We have training camps coming up, media days in two weeks. I want to put to bed the idea that Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram don't fit because you're going to see a lot of this narrative a bunch throughout the year, particularly if the Pelicans struggle, and then it raises the rumors of should they trade BI and all that stuff. I don't normally care to bunk rumors and kind of like blindly defend the Pelicans because that's not my job to do it. They want to hire me. I'll certainly do that. But I don't really feel the need to. I want to just give you deeper analysis on the team and what's going on. This is one, though, I kind of want to shoot down. So we're going to focus on it in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. It's also something I've talked about a lot on the show. But before we get to all that, don't forget about the Locked On NBA podcast. On Tuesdays, it's East Meets West as West, uh, East, sorry, East Meets West. There we go. As Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News and host of Locked On Warriors, and David Ramil, host of Locked On Heat, tackle the biggest NBA stories of the day coast to coast. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so let's talk about Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. They fit. They fit. Like this one is is really dumb to me and it's a lazy narrative when people say they don't fit. I, I don't get it, right? Like when you watch them play, they they fit together really well. Are there issues defensively? Yes, but offensively, which is what we're going to mainly be focusing on, they fit. And all of the trade rumors around Brandon Ingram, like I, I don't mean to swear a ton in the show, but they're really fucking dumb. Like there, there's kind of no other way to put it other than they're really, really dumb. We heard a lot of rumors about him being traded to the Miami Heat and like, well, one didn't happen. So all those people who put those rumors out there, they're just trying to kind of find a name that makes sense to put in these trade rumors to trade for, you know, be traded to a big team. He needed to add another guy. They added Kyle Lowry. They probably want to add an upgrade above him too. And beyond that, and Brandon Ingram seems to make sense. Pelicans aren't good. Maybe they want to tinker with things a little bit, and they probably should have more so than they did. But it makes sense to try and kind of focus in on that guy. But I'm here to say, like, no, these rumors are really dumb. So one, if the Pelicans trade Brandon Ingram, he is not going to be the best player in the deal. They're going to get someone else back, whether it's Damian Lillard or Carl Anthony Towns, two people I would trade Brandon Ingram for. 
But if you're going to tell me Tyler Hero is the best piece New Orleans is getting back, screw that. That's not worth it, even remotely. The other thing is, other than his age and the fact that he's a former all-star, former most improved player, he's under contract for an extended period of time. They've got him for four more years. His contract runs through the end of the 2025 season. This is a guy that has four more years of team control in a small market who's an all-star. You don't just trade those guys, right? Like You don't trade that guy for one, lesser players, or two, for guys on shorter deals. If you have someone tied to a small market in New Orleans here, you hold on to them. And you don't lose that kind of leverage. There's no player option on this. It's just straight up. He's got four more years. He signed a straight up five-year deal. You don't just move those guys. That alone should quash these rumors, right? You don't move him for a guy who could be as good as him, but then maybe leaves in a year or two. That's really, really dumb if you're a small market. You trade him for a better player. Absolutely you would. But I don't think a trade like that's really going to materialize. And you're only going to trade him if that better player is under some team control, like Damian Lillard would be. So you're not going to trade him and risk the guy you get in return losing them for nothing. That'd be really, really dumb in a small market. So I think all of these rumors are basically just quashed. Like, they're done. You're not going to trade Brandon Ingram for lesser guys and on shorter deals. So overall, I think the rumors are stupid. And anyone making these up as the season goes on are kind of just making them up. So you can disregard them, but let's disregard them with like facts, right? Like let's put these people in their places to a certain degree. And I don't normally do this and I'm not singling anyone out, but I'm going to show you when people say, oh, they don't fit. That's, that's BS. And we'll get into that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by the Sweat Block Anti-Perspirant Wipes. There's few things in life that just aren't fun, right? This is a first world problem to a certain degree, but one of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you're like sweating through your shirt for no reason, it's super embarrassing. It's hot in this room and I'm actually sweating a good bit. You can probably see my face is all shiny, all of that. But I don't need to worry about sweating through my shirt, wrecking this, being embarrassed when I I go talk to other people or worrying about how I look when I record because I've used the sweat block antiperspirant wipes. They're stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. And they're really simple. You just put them on, wipe them on before you go to bed. Next morning, you wake up, clean yourself off and just go about your day. Not worrying about sweat. Guaranteed too, because they have the dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. And these things work for up to seven days. So you apply them once, you're good for a week. They're doctor created, doctor recommended, and right now they are the number one bestseller currently in the antiperspirant category on Amazon. So to give the sweat block antiperspirant wipes a try and eliminate that excessive sweating, which is just sucks, right? Go to sweatblock.com, use promo code uh, locked on for 20% off. Again, over at sweatblock.com or at Amazon or CVS, but get them directly, save 20% using the promo code locked on over at sweatblock.com. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by Direct TV. Get your TV together. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbors, best friends, girlfriends, cousins, log in for all those other movies and good stuff. It's too many things to manage, too many passwords, too many remotes, too many devices. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. And that's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one 
place. That means no more juggling remotes, no more needing to get another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right. So we just went over uh, on the surface level, right? Like why it's garbage and BS that people are trying to say Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson don't fit or the Pelicans should trade Brandon Ingram. It just, it makes zero sense when you look at the contracted factor in the small market and all of that stuff. He's on like a pretty team friendly deal for the type of player that he is and something that all small markets would kill to have a guy like that under their control. They do. You don't need to worry about that with him. So I don't think they're going to trade him for that reason alone. But let's say the team struggles this year and they might, right? Like they haven't been good the past two years. You know, Zion's rookie year, he only played about a quarter of that season, but they weren't good. They didn't make the playoffs or even the, you know, the 10th seed last year. They still struggled. Was that because of these two guys on the court? Like people want to make it out or not? It's not. It was other things going on. And the numbers really bear this out. You know, when you look at Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson last year, these two dudes freaking rocked it. Zion Williamson averaged 27 points, 7 rebounds, and 3.7 assists. And when you look at his numbers after the point Zion thing, that assist number jumps up. He did that, by the way, on 61.1% shooting from the field. That's insanely good. Brandon Ingram averaged 23.8 points per game, 5 rebounds, 5 assists per game. He shot 46% from the field. Oh, and 38% from 3. Those are really good numbers. In fact, those are all-star numbers. And this is something that I've hammered this point home on over the past couple months in like a year here on Locked On Pelicans. So I want to do it again. He averaged basically the same numbers last season as he did the year before when he won most improved player and was an all-star. Now that all-star nod you could claim was a little bit weak. Sure, whatever. But he still made the team and he averaged the same exact numbers. So he put up all-star numbers last year next to Zion Williamson. He averaged in his all-star year 23.8 points per game. Last season, 23.8 points per game. uh, Rebounds his all-star year, 6.1. Last year, 4.9. It's a difference of 1.2. Essentially the same thing. When you look at his assist numbers, all-star year, 4.2. Last year, 4.9, half an assist more per game. Shot 39% from three his all-star year last year, 38% from three. From the field, shot 46.3% all-star year, shot better last year, 46.6%. All of the numbers are virtually exactly the same. You're not going to be able to tell me that this guy puts up all-star numbers but doesn't fit next to Zion Williamson. It's lazy. It's a lazy take that you just need to throw something out there that's going to get people to put eyes on you. And by saying the Pelicans should trade B.I. or by saying Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram don't fit, people pay attention to you. It's like the oldest trick in the book. I normally don't complain about the media stuff because I honestly do not care about it. This one's dumb, though. Like this one's just lazy. They completely fit. So here's the thing that makes last year for Brandon Ingram super freaking impressive, okay? So not only did he put up those same all-star numbers, but he did it with a worse shooting profile. So there's a couple of things that went into this, right? Like his um, percentage of shots at the rim went significantly down this past year. Uh, Two years ago, his all-star year, he took 25% of his shots at the rim. Last year, he only took 14.5% of his shots at the rim. The difference here is that Zion Williamson was back last year. 
and played pretty much the whole year. So, uh, so Brandon Ingram had to kind of change his play style, change his role to fit next to Zion. He literally had to change how he plays and where he gets his shots from to fit around Zion. And he did it to the tune of putting the exact same numbers up. That's like the definition of two guys fitting together, right? One of that, is, part of that is because B.I. is an absolute mid-range killer. Three-level score. He can score at the rim. He can score at mid-range. He can score from three. It's really good anywhere from the field. So, yes, his shots at the rim went down. His mid-range numbers-ish went up, and you don't really want to see that. But he's so good in that mid-range spot. From 10 to 16 feet, he shot 45%. From 16 feet to three-point range, he shot 51% last year on solid volume all around those. All of that is insanely good. So if his shot chart improves a little bit, if he can get to the rim a little bit more because there's more spacing out there on the court, those numbers should only improve. The only reason you would have a concern about this, the only reason, is if you think that his mid-range shooting percentage isn't going to stay that same. I don't think there's really any reason to think it's not. He's got that good of a stroke. He's that good of a score. I'm not really worried about those numbers completely tanking. Is it a more inefficient shot profile? Yes. You want guys shooting more at the rim versus in the mid-range. You either want them taking shots at the rim or from three. Nothing in the middle. Unless that dude is so good in the mid-range that you don't mind it. Similar to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant takes a long mid-range shot. You trust it, right? You're not even worried about that. B.I.'s not completely at that level, but it's not like he's horribly far off from it either. So he literally changed his shot profile and the shots he got on the floor to fit around Zion and still average the exact same numbers. That's the definition of two dudes fitting together. So yes, in terms of on-court production, Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson completely, completely fit. And if someone tells you otherwise, throw these numbers right in their face. Because this is what kind of kills all of that. Unless they don't believe in Brandon Ingram's mid-range shot. It's going to be fine, I think. So I think this is dumb. Look, are they good defensively? No. But that's not what these people are talking about when they say these two dudes don't fit, right? Like they're not talking about, oh, well, they're bad defensively together. They're just bad defenders individually. And Zion's improving there, right? And B.I. has the tools to be better on that side of the ball. But that's not a fit thing, right? Like that's just two bad defenders. And they're out there on the court at the same time. That's not fit. That's not what, and if someone pivots to that, it's it's a garbage argument. So I kind of hate hearing all of this and wanted in this show to kind of quash it down. Those shooting numbers and the in the stats and all of that, exactly the same numbers for BI despite a different role because you had more of a, uh, of a feature for Zion Williamson. Yeah, that's the definition of two guys fitting together, I think. So can we can we kill this now? Maybe. But here's how you make it even better. And this is something I want to talk about in the next segment. Could you see Zion at the five? Because that's how I think you make these two dudes take the kind of the next leap here. Also, by the way, in terms of fit, I completely forgot about this. You don't really have a pure point on the roster, right? Like who's going to be the point guard next year? And is that person a pure, pure point unless it's Kyra Lewis Jr.? Maybe not, right? Depending on who you're going to run in the backcourt. Nikhil's more of a combo guard. Kyra's probably not there yet. You need all the facilitators you can have. I think this team's going to run basically a lot of secondary ball handlers and hope they create like one one fully like transformer Voltron um, ball handler. B.I. is not a 100% primary creator initiator, but he's not horribly far off from that. Same for point Zion, right? You don't want to be doing that 100% of the time, but you want to be doing it a lot. 
These two complement each other in that range. They can both dish the rock and initiate the offense. But let's talk about Zion at the five and what that means for Brandon Ingram and look at all of that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. But before we do that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by rockauto.com. The ever-increasing number of makes and models out there, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. You don't want to walk in there, have them ask you a bunch of questions only to like order the part that they always had in stock, wasting your time and getting you a part that may or may not fit your your car or it's going to be kind of close but not exactly what you want if you're working on your car yourself and want to make sure your car is running you don't want maybe right like you need it to fit you need the best thing possible chain store is not going to have that but you have access to computers um, that can get you to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket so save time and money when using rockauto.com do not choose to spend 30 50 even 100 more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership they jack up the prices you're already in the store they know you're going to order whatever it is you're kind of a captive audience there's a premium on those parts. You don't need to deal with that over at rockauto.com because their prices are reliably low for every single customer. So whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet for your ride, you can get over at rockauto.com when you go explore their easy to use website to find the solution to your auto parts needs. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. All right, talking about whether Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson fit, because you're going to hear this narrative, especially if the Pelicans get off to a slow start. These two don't fit. They need to trade B.I. Bullshit. They don't. They don't. I've seen it. We saw it last year. Both those guys thrived offensively. The reason they were bad wasn't because those two dudes were scoring all-star level numbers. That's not why the Pelicans were bad even remotely. It was a million other things. But it wasn't Brandon Ingram offensively, at least. It wasn't Zion Williamson offensively, at least. And it wasn't lineups between the two of those guys. So, they fit. We just went over it. But how do you make this even better? This was also inspired, as we had a couple of episodes last week, inspired by Josh Lloyd, host of our Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. And if you play fantasy basketball, you need to check that thing out. Also, host of the Monday episode of Locked On NBA. You know, he said, when we were talking about this, uh, and I wondered about Valanciunas and should he start, should he not start? And we did an episode on this last week. So if you haven't watched it, please go ahead. And also kind of factors in Jackson Hayes in a big time too. He said, could they just run Zion at center? Could they just play super small with Zion Williamson at center? And I had to, I had to pause for a second and, and really think about this because I'd like to see it. I'd like to see Zion at center. And I think you could have a lot of success with a lineup with that. But I don't know if that's something they, they can really commit to just yet and run just yet. I don't think that that would work. So a couple of things that go into this. And I'll tell you kind of the key maybe to seeing if they can run a lineup where Zion plays, say, the 5 BI at the 3 or the 4 Najee Marshall out there too. And then like two shooters, right? I think kind of the key is, one... Defensive rebounding is going to be an issue. Zion hasn't been a great defensive rebounder. The team last year was really good rebounding. That had to do a lot with Steven Adams out there, even though he kind of kills some of the court spacing for things. Um, and now you've got Valanciunas in there who's going to help you a lot with rebounding as well. If you run Zion at center, I worry about the ability to uh, grab defensive boards and end possessions, particularly for a team that wants to get out in transition and run. You need to get those defensive rebounds, which terminate the opponent's possessions, give the ball to you and you can get out and run. I don't think they can do that yet. I also don't think Zion can guard fives. You know, he he's 
shorter in stature. Yes, he's stocky and strong, but he doesn't quite block shots like he did at Duke, which is a different issue. And we can get into that maybe before the season starts. But he's not like a post defender, and that's what he would see a lot of. He's also a bit of a liability out there on the perimeter. So against some of these stretchier bigs, I worry about him there. Um, so I don't like that idea from there. But this does change if Trey Murphy III is capable of guarding fives. You saw him guard Evan Mobley in Summer League, the fourth overall pick, a big hulking bruiser of a center, right, for the Cavs. And he kind of shut him down. He did a really good job. So if Trey Murphy emerges as a future starter for New Orleans and a guy that they can have guard two, three, fours, even fives, and if he can guard fives effectively at the NBA level, and look, we should not expect him to do that right away, that does open things up. That does really make you think you can run Zion at center and have a guy that can kind of handle those defensive assignments and not be a big liability there. And so I think that's where you ultimately could look to have Zion playing the five and if those guys would be able to really coexist. That opens things up even more so for Zion and for Brandon Ingram. If you want to see the elevations in their game, it's by running Zion at the five. Look, Adams clogged the lane for both those two dudes big time. Big time, right? Uh, Adams wasn't a threat offensively. We went over in the last episode I did or the one before. Time here in Alabama and away from home has no meaning to me anymore. Uh, we talked about how Valchunas, while a good offensive guy, isn't a spacing threat and isn't a vertical spacing threat. So I think you'll run into some of those similar offensive spacing issues that you had with Adams just to a lesser degree to a lesser degree and a guy that can make teams pay more when he does get the ball in Valanciunas because he definitely will. But you still run into some of those issues for Brandon Ingram. He can't get into the paint because you have two non-spacers out there in Zion and Steven Adams or Zion and Valanciunas. There's no room for him to drive. You can handle it with one of those guys, not two. And the one guy that would be out there would be Zion. But if Zion's at the five and you have B.I. and like three other shooters out there, it's going to be wide open. And that's something I would love to see, but I just don't know if that's something they can really do a ton of going into this next season given the personnel that they have. But it would be a lot of fun to try and see. And I hope we'll at least see it in spurts here and there to really see if that might work. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Again, can, can we shoot this idea now that Zion and MBI don't fit? They do. Let's quash that off right now. The only people are saying also that it's bad for BI is if they're just BI stands and they want to see him get like 40 points per game. Don't worry about that. Put up your all-star numbers coexisting next to Zion and fitting his game around there. He doesn't need to get in that paint that much if he's going to be that mid-range killer. And I, but, but still, get into the paint a little bit more. So we can kill that idea. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for bearing with me. It's been a long two weeks. I'm looking forward to being back in New Orleans, hopefully be able to get you one show this this week from back home. That's going to be a lot of fun um, as we gear up for the season because it's going to be here before we know it. Media day in like less than two weeks, which is kind of crazy to think about. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nolan Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow for sure.